Okay, so on this Christmas, okay, this is a very popular, um, this is a very popular passage for Christmas sermons. And so raise your hand if you've never heard this passage on a Christmas. If that's the case, then you probably have not been a Christian for a very long time. Uh, I think I've even preached out of this passage three times in, in, in Christmas in my history. So the danger about these kinds of passages is that we have this preconception that we've already heard this before. But... Honestly, there's always a new revelation, right? Even now, God is going to give us new revelation. Amen? And so, and so through the passage of the Gospel of Luke, we see Jesus being uh, born. And the wise men from the east and the shepherds share in that glory. And then we also see regarding the genealogy of Christ and the miraculous birth of, of both uh, Elizabeth and Mary that, that they had. And then we see the story of many children being killed in Bethlehem. And so in these end times, uh, what, we got, what we see is that even in these end times, it's always the next generation that is being attacked. But now, uh, based on the Gospel of Luke, from verse 21 to 24, it talks about, uh, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And so, again, on the eighth days, they're getting ready to circumcise him. And so, the... Um, And then verse 23, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And so, you know, as when uh, the Israelites were saved from the Exodus, right, uh, all the people uh, had lost their firstborn except for those who uh post-painted their doorpost with blood. And so, ever since then, it has been a statute to the Lord that the firstborn would all be given to God, right? The firstborn of the womb, whether animal or manservant or maidservant, all. And so, again, this circumcision, what is the symbol, sim, uh, what does it represent? It represents that I will not live by the world. And then we talk about in chapter 2, um, the circumcision of the heart. And that means we are dead to the old self and living in the new self. And so again, we are confirming in the con uh, through this circumcision, we are confirming through this circumcision of our hearts what it means to be holy. And so this was the secret to the early church, that it was all about being born again, this assurance of salvation that they have, that without that assurance, they could not enter to the community. But look at how far the church has fallen these days, that even though they do not have this assurance of salvation, that as long as you are come to the church, you are more than welcome, right? But, and so again, we are talking about the circumcision of hearts. And then in verse 24, it says, And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And so this is from uh, Leviticus Shibicham 12. Right, that whenever a woman gives birth, she is unclean for a week and cannot leave the premises of her home. 
And so, um, again, this is a sacrifice for her cleansing. It's sacrificing for her purity that after she has given birth. And so there's great meaning on this day that they're coming to the temple because it's, it's the sacrifice for her purity and also the sacrifice for Jesus' circumcision. And so in this state, in this state that Jesus is coming to the temple. And then so with that background in mind, who do they come across? They come across Simon. And so when Jesus came to this earth, uh, of course, the first people he met, Jesus met was Mary and Joseph, and then also the wise men and the shepherds. And then now after that, we, there's no records, right? There's no records of who he has met afterwards. And so the moment he enters into the temple, the second person he meets is who? Is Simon and this woman, uh, this prophetess Anna. And remember, he is king of all kings, right? And so the first people he meets is not, is not coincidence. The Holy Spirit has led him. And so these people that he are meeting have great significance. And so that's why we see these prophecies uh, being unleashed. Amen. And so why was Simon in this temple? Why was the very first person Jesus comes across in the temple Simon? And then when you look at the Greek word, uh, text in this passage, it first begins by saying, behold, behold, idu. And then so the very, f- and so Luke is emphasizing that the first person he meets in the temple is Simon. So this is, there's great significance here. And so look, when Jesus Christ first, uh, when Jesus Christ returns, who is he going to meet? We'll see that in Zechariah, right? Is confirming that he has come in the flesh and putting on this body and coming as the king of all kings. Zechariah is confirming that. And so, so in the same way, right, uh, uh, John the Baptist, John the Baptist as a man is, is baptizing. He puts his hands on the head of the king of all kings, right? This is, this is also great significance. And so again here, the fact that he is meeting Simon for the first time, this is really important. And so what does that mean? That means that, look, Simon prophesies about Jesus, right? But Jesus came with this purpose in mind. But who has to confirm that? Who has to receive that and witness that? It is us as men. And so the same way as Jesus came to take our sins, right? And yet it was when John the Baptist laid his hands on him that confirmed that mission. And so if you look at it from the spiritual world, it may, or to the physical, world it may seem insignificant but in the spiritual world there is great significance here like there's some days where where I can just I can just uh, I just pray on my own will but there's other times where God God leads me to prayer right and when I obey and pray according to that there is great power there is great manifestation of God's power <coughs> other times there are times where, where God leads me to offer a certain amount of um, offering, right? As if he wants to steal that money from me. As if. Like, you know, it's kind of like that, that kind of force. And, and yet when I obey and, 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 and um, give that money, God's blessing comes in a way that's very tangible. 
And so there's always these states where, where God, when he leads us in various ways, whether it's to prayer, to offering, to worship, whatever it may be, that when you are obedient to that, great things happen. And same thing with Simon, right? Simon, what does Simon do? He's led by the Holy Spirit to the temple. And when he came to the temple, obeying that voice, what does he do? He proclaims the, the calling of Jesus. He proclaims the mission of Jesus. And this is great significance. As man's representative, he is witnessing and, conf- and declaring the coming of the king. How amazing is that? And so that's what does this mean? This means that Simon has been living his life waiting for this king. And so brothers, brothers, in your faith life, you need to experience this kind of joy, this kind of inspiration. As I said, it could be many different ways through your sacrifice, through your offering, through your prayer, whatever it may be. God leads you and and gives you this great impulse to do something. And when you follow after that, when you follow after that, great rewards come. But for the most part, we lose that opportunity. We we let that opportunity go by. And, And as you let it go by, as you let it pass you by, you become so hardened and hardened to no longer be able to feel the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's why I say, brothers, how important it is to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Look, this Simon is man just like you and me, and yet he, what? Represents all of mankind as witness to the coming of the King. How amazing is that? This isn't about Simon's greatness. It's not even about Simon's ability. No, it is God's calling to Simon. But what is key is that the reason why he was able to get this calling was because he was living by the Holy Spirit. He was living, yearning for that spirit. And this is the basis of all things. You know, like when God can entrust you with such great ministry, what is the basic foundation of that person's life? It is the living by the Holy Spirit. When you live by the Holy Spirit, you are not living by your will. You are not living by your knowledge. You are not living by your experiences, but constantly being sensitive to how the Holy Spirit leads. It's not just uh, hearing everything. It's not that because you understand everything that you're able to do so. No, you're just like, oh, the Holy Spirit leads you. Oh, the Holy Spirit moves you. Oh, I don't have any money, but the Holy Spirit leads me to offer everything. And that mean, and when you are obeying that, obeying that, the Holy Spirit can entrust you with greater and greater things. And so what we need to understand is that this privilege, this calling isn't only given to a select view. It's given to all children of God. It's given to all children of God. And, 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 and it's whether you can respond to that calling or not. And I, I mean, I've, I've seen this so many times. This person could not have made this kind of offering. This person could not have made this offering. And yet I see this great offering. Then, 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 then I see that God wants to bless that person in a certain way. And I pray for that person in a special way. And so that's why here it begins with behold, edu, right? Behold. And so look in 27, what he came in the spirit into the temple. And so again, Jesus Christ coming into the temple, the very first person he meets is who is Simon. So you got to be able to see the significance of this. Okay. Amen. And so this man who is led by the Holy Spirit, life that is led by the Holy Spirit. So remember, 
being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't some special case. No, all saints have this basis. It needs to be the foundation. Now, of course, our life may seem as if sometimes we're full, sometimes we're not full, sometimes we're full, sometimes we're empty, but that is not the ordinary. Look at all the apostles in the early church. They have always maintained the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And because they maintained the fullness of the Holy Spirit, no matter what weaknesses, no matter what wickedness that may have been um, immersing them through, from their mother's birth, it has no influence on them. For example, like this. Like, let's say you have the weakness of depression, that you have this depressing character, right? But, but... But you can overcome that because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. A great example of this in the Bible is Peter and John. They have completely opposite personalities. And yet the reason why they can work together is because it's not about their personalities. It's not about their weaknesses and their strengths, but the fullness of the Holy Spirit that leads them to work together. And so look. When you have this conflict between people, when you have conflict like, oh, I cannot deal with him. Oh, I do not want to be with him. Oh, I cannot have cell with him. Oh, he's my cell leader. No way. What is this evidence of? This is evidence that you, we are not filled with the Holy Spirit. That's how difficult, that's how difficult it is to, to make cell groups in our church because there is so much conflict, so much division. This is wrong. But look, you guys shouldn't be fighting amongst each other. You guys are practically all in-laws now, right? After a couple generations, we're going to all have the same DNA. <laughs> it's, it's a joke. But anyways, and so look, the fact that we are one community, right? We are under one truth, one spirit, right? That's great, right? That's great. Shimoni came back from the hospital. She's back from the hospital. Okay, but she's not here, but she is back. But anyways, I forgot to I forgot to make that announcement. But anyways, and so let's look. Verse 25. Now, and so there, there should be the word behold. Behold. Again, why is it saying behold? Because it's trying to draw particular attention. Again, right, when they first went to Jericho, when they first went to Jericho, who was the first person that they met? Or it was the blind man, Bartimaeus, and then Zacchaeus. So what it means is that, that there's something inside of them leading them and that, that, the, that the king is acknowledging them. And so 2,000 years ago, that we are not living in that time. And yet we are all still walking with him. God God loves to entrust those who walk with him his his work his ministry right and so look us going to Costa Rica us going to Africa maybe you may think that our oh, pastor wants to go and so I'm going no don't think that way there's a reason why God is sending me here and so if I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit, if I wasn't walking with the Holy Spirit, if I didn't live that life, th then, then I would not be able to do these kinds of conferences. That's not the purpose. 
purpose of these conferences. The reason why we're doing these conferences is because God has a reason. I don't know that reason, but God has a reason. And, and so he, by meeting with me, by choosing me, by calling me, wants to bring about these works. And so I don't know exactly what it is, but obviously, you know, the, part of it may be to bless them. Part of it may be to make me grow. And so what we need to understand is that at all times, this work of the Holy Spirit is amongst us. And so what is the key? That we need to live by the fullness of the Holy Spirit, not living by my thoughts. If you live by your thoughts, the Holy Spirit cannot work you in this way. And so, because you have the privilege of being called children of God, what is God's plan for you? That no matter what, God wants to bless you. God wants to reward you. This is the basis. It's not because you do work well. Remember, angels can do work much better than you, much more inefficient than you. And yet, God wants to bless you. Why? Why is God sending you to Israel? Is it because you're smart? Is it because you're good at work? Is it because you're effective? No. Why is God sending you to Israel? Because God wants to send you to Israel to bless you. And so even though you have nothing, and yet because you're filled with a little bit of Holy Spirit, you, you, you're doing a little well. But, but God wants to bless you regardless. Amen? Maybe, you know, you'll go to uh, Israel and the moment you come back, the moment the first person you see on the, on the, on, uh, at the airport might be your husband, right? But whatever reward is waiting for you. Why is our lives blessed? Why are we glorified? Because God creates in us the vessel to, to receive. And through what? Through the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Through the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. And so what we need to understand is that the key to our lives is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It is everything. And so, all you need is the desire and the thirst to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And yet many times we're unable to do so, isn't it? Right? We're always downtrodden. We're always downcast thinking that, thinking that, that, that we're so oppressed. No, all our, our spirit should be abounding in joy. That's the state that God keeps pouring out onto you. Look at my life. Do you think that I'm only full of the Holy Spirit in worship and I'm not outside? No. At any time, I'm ready for God to work in me. At any time, I'm ready. And so, it's really important for you to maintain this at all times. This is the reason why Simon was able to be used in this way. Now, of course, it is God's grace. But, but that basis to receive that God's grace is what is fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so... You need to accept in your mind that, that, that it is impossible to not be full of the Holy Spirit as a child of God. And so you should not think it as natural. You should think of it as natural to be full of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because first of all, think about this. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. And so if the Holy Spirit dwells within you, how could you not be full of the Holy Spirit? Even look at the presence, the presence, how great the presence is. No matter how holy I am, because God's presence is around me, I can be in that, right? It doesn't matter what my spiritual state is. But what about indwelling spirit? The indwelling spirit is different. 
if there is filth inside of me, if there's anything that goes against the will of the Holy Spirit, then I cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit, can I? Right? For example, there's a vessel, right? There's a bowl. And in that bowl, let's say that it's half filled with dirt. And then and then half filled with water. Then could you say that that bowl is filled with water? No. It's half full, right? In the same way, you need to empty out that bowl of that dirt in order to be filled. And so the reason why you're unable to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit is because of this. is because you keep having these things that go against the Holy Spirit within you. And so it keeps you from being half full. And so what do we do? Keep emptying ourselves, emptying ourselves. And so look, the difference between presence and indwelling, look at how different this is. The fact that the Holy Spirit dwells within you is in a completely different level than the prescient Holy Spirit. And so there is a lot of privilege granted to you, but there's also great responsibility. Responsibility to what? To empty yourself. To empty yourself. If you are emptied of yourself, then there is no reason for you not to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So this is the most important thing. Amen? And so let's continue. And then, so there's this man, Simon. And who is he? He is righteous. And so look, again, fullness of the Holy Spirit brings about this righteousness. And this word righteousness in, in the Old Testament is the word zedek. And, and so this zedek here does not mean like without sin. But what it means by zedek is right before God. What does it mean to be right before God? It means that you are prepared to meet with God. And so again, it's the same thing in the New Testament. In the New Testament sense, what does it mean to be righteous? It means that I can meet with God. And what are the conditions to meet with God is to be without sin, to be pure. And so through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are acknowledged as without having sin. And so we're able to meet with him. And so whether it's zedek in the Old Testament, um, in the Old Testament uh, context or in the New Testament context, what is Zedek is meeting with God. And so this Simon, who is this Simon? He is a man prepared to meet with God. And so look, he literally meets with God, doesn't he? He meets with Jesus Christ. It's the same thing with you. When you receive that righteousness, then you meet those conditions to meet with God. Amen? Then you should meet with God. And so, the main reason why you're unable to meet with God is because you fail to, to receive that righteousness. You fail to believe that righteousness. You fail to rely on that righteousness. Because you do not rely on that righteousness, you cannot meet with God. Because you cannot meet with God, you are not filled with God. Now, this isn't about your efforts. What is it? It's about receiving everything that He has done in grace. And that's why if you receive that righteousness, even when you sin, what you'll see is that you will you'll repent of those sins right away, immediately. Because you, if when you are receiving the righteousness, it means that you are always in that state of repentance. Whether it's a great sin or a small sin, if you're maintaining that righteousness, then you will immediately repent of that sin. But what is the problem that we see? The problem is, is that we keep storing in our conscience, keep storing in our mindset the list of sins, keep tolerating and keep meditating upon, keep building it up, building it up. And so those sins get stored up in our mind, get stored up in our memories. 
polluting our minds. And so what do we need to do? Keep maintaining the blood of Jesus Christ. Keep cleansing ourselves, cleansing ourselves. And as we cleanse ourselves, what do you do? You do not live by conscience, but you live by the leading of the Holy Spirit. But the problem is, is because you live by your conscience, because you keep living by your thoughts, you keep building up the strength of your flesh. And so what is important here? here, The important thing here is to continually repent, constantly repent. Lord, cleanse me. Cleanse me with your blood. Cleanse me with your blood. Every moment by moment, ah, I said bad words again. Ah, I thought bad things again. Cleanse me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. And so as you continually maintain that righteousness, you will continually repent, continually repent before God. Why? Because... Because this, uh, this strength that activates my fleshly desires comes through my eyes. And so through my eyes, we're constantly being bombarded. And so, of course, we'll constantly be repenting, right? And this repentance is a simple thing. Because why? Because the blood gets sprinkled upon you. It's not like you have to bring a lamb uh, from your flock like you had to in the Old Testament. Right. Oh, and then as you're walking that lamb to the temple, you see a beautiful girl and you're like, oh, immorality comes surfacing. So, oh, Lord, I have to bring another lamb. No, you don't have to do that. Right. That's not this era that we live in anymore. Right. That means that by the time you get to the altar, you probably have to bring like 10 different lambs, maybe, maybe more than that. Right. And so look. Look, the fact that that we have been set free from the law, how great is that? Amazing, right? Because if you're a living being, you can't help but constantly be bombarded by sin, bombarded by wickedness. But now that the blood has been sprinkled in you, there's no need to do that anymore, right? All you have to do is just repent, repent, repent. And so maintenance of that, of that, of that righteousness it is intimately entwined with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so you need to continue to experience this, experience this in your life. And so the darkness, the iniquity inside of you, this fleshly desires, whenever you notice that it's taking root, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it should not be possible. And so the fact that it is taking root, then what it's proof of, what is evidence of, is that you are not maintaining, maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so this becomes the standard of your life. This becomes the, 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 uh, the, the, the standard of your life. That, what does that mean? That means that that's how much you are not repenting. And when you maintain that state, that means that the Holy Spirit is constantly groaning inside of you, but you are not listening to that groaning. So what is evidence that the Holy Spirit is inside of you and, and filling inside of you is that you are sensitive to the sin. You, you do not think of sin in a light manner. You are very sensitive to sin. And so if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then these kinds of things... You become very sensitive to those things. But if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, then what happens? You, um, what's it called? Become insensitive to these things, calloused to these things. And you're unable to live by maintaining of that faith. And so do not allow... Do not allow this wicked cycle to tether you down, to hold you down to this world. You need to keep maintaining the righteousness of God, the righteousness that Jesus Christ has given you through his death and resurrection. Continue to maintain that, that, that joy of that salvation, growing, hearing the gospel, hearing the gospel. 
and let uh, that grow inside of you, that righteousness grow inside of you. What is righteousness? Righteousness isn't some mechanism. It's not some mechanism of the law that, that, that sets you free. No. What is righteousness? Righteousness is your way of life. Because... Because right, everyone, what is our responsibility is to meet with God. And so what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, every moment by moment, constantly leads you to uh, meet with God, right? And so that's why we have grown into a different dimension of a person, right? What does it say in Hebrews? In Hebrews, it says that, uh, so let us draw near to the throne of grace. When? Only once a year? Once every 365 days? No, every moment by moment. Because his spirit has answered inside of us, we meet with him. And so now that this new covenant is upon us, there's no need for us to make our effort to meet with God. No, it just automatically, automatically living by that righteousness means we meet with him. If we try to make that righteousness, that is religion. That is legalism. That's no longer what, how we are to live. We are to live by the merits of Jesus Christ, by the grace, by the free gift that Jesus Christ has given us. Amen. And so what does it mean to live by grace? What does it mean, righteousness? There are many of you who do not understand this, right? Who, who don't feel any inspiration regarding this. Why? There are many reasons for this. Primarily, what? Because you do not have confirmation of salvation. You do not have assurance of salvation. What's another reason? It's because you constantly compromise with sin. Constantly compromise with flesh. Because you're constantly compromising with these things. You, you are used to living by your strength. You are used to living by your thoughts. You are used to living by your methods. And so it becomes calloused. And so this is really dangerous. Why? Because you're constantly polluting your conscious. And your consciousness, or your conscious, not consciousness, your conscious is constantly being, um, being, 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 being polluted. And so we need to repent, repent with contrite heart. And this needs to be practical reality to you. Okay, do not, do not just let life flow you by. Because everything that is recorded in your mindset, everything that is in your mind is going to be resurrected when you come back to life. And so if 24 hours a day, you do not think about God once, but always thinking about money, always thinking about your next step, always thinking about your life on this earth, then think about, think about what shame you're going to be resurrected into before God, because that's all going to be revealed. It's all going to be manifested. <coughs> So it's no longer a resurrection of joy, but a resurrection of fear. Now, again, there's the confusion that does this mean that I need to make effort? No, it's not a life of effort. Just acknowledge that his blood has been sprinkled upon me. By acknowledging that, then his blood will move me that way. The problem is, is that you are not acknowledging. And because you are not acknowledging, what do you have to stress? What do you have to emphasize? You have to emphasize your experience. You have to experience, emphasize your, ex, uh, your, your, your knowledge. But when you acknowledge that what his blood has done, you are set free from that law. You have been set free from that legalism. And so faith, life is easy. That's why I say it's easy. The reason why you think it's difficult is because you are living in your religion, because you are living in your legalism, because you are living in your experiences. That's why it's difficult. No, it's easy. When you acknowledge it's easy. There is no conflict. There is no conflict within you. When you live with the Holy Spirit, there's no reason to be conflicted with the world. There's no reason. 
And so the fact that you have this conflict in yourself is evidence that the strength of the flesh is powerful inside of you. So let's continue. If I continue like this, uh, this sermon is not going to be short, but very long, isn't it? Okay, and so he is righteous and devout. Another word for devout is God is godly, right? He is godly. And so this devoutness isn't talking about prayers. No, that's not what it's talking about. It's that through his life, you can feel God. Again, fullness of the Holy Spirit. This is the same thing, right? If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, no matter what that person does, you can feel God. If you see a saint and you're like, oh, wow, she's sexy, then that means there's something wrong already. You see a saint and he's like, wow, look at how tough he is. No, that's something wrong. You need to, no matter what you see in that saint, what you should see is anointing. What you should see is faith, right? He's making a joke of yesterday's play. Like, how could you leave your wife for that old lady? Right? <laughs> okay, my father's father was born in Japan. So my grandfather was born in Japan. And, 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 um, and so thinking about that, I reminded me of, okay, so why was he born in Japan? Well, it's because, it's because uh, my grandfather cheated on his wife and his wife chased and, and he ran away to Japan and then he chased, she chased him all the way to Japan to bring him back. And so that made me realize, ah, okay, so that is, that is, that is reason. But why am I talking about this anyways? I was talking about devoutness. This has nothing to do with devoutness. But anyways, so devoutness, devoutness, devoutness isn't about your prayer life. It's not about ritual. It's not about your life. No. What is godliness? What is devoutness? It is. It is flowing out from your life. And so why does this devoutness get corrupted? Because you're not living by the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because you're not receiving that righteousness. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then this devoutness will be evident to all. It will always be evident. And so what is devoutness? What is godliness? It manifests in no matter what you're, what you're doing in your life. For example, right? Uh, that when you, are, when you are struck on your left cheek, you offer your right. That when they demand your garment, you give your, your, your robe as well. This is godliness being manifest in all that you do. It's the same thing with mercy. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, mercy just flows forth from you. Forgiveness just flows forth from you. You know, um, I'm not saying to compromise with wickedness. I'm not saying to, to, to compromise with wickedness. No, what I'm saying is real mercy, real righteousness flows forth out of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so what we can see with Simon as he's described as righteous and devout is that he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And remember, this is miraculous because... Because look at this time, the, the time of the first century BC. 
This, this, this last session before Jesus Christ came, this was the time where the Holy Spirit was working very um, effectively in preparation for God, right? That's why this is when all of the um, revivals were happening, right? We, we know the, the, the community in Kunan, the SNS. And so this 200 years before Jesus came is when the Holy Spirit was manifesting in all our ways. And yet at the same time, it's also the time of great darkness, right? It's the same thing with Jesus' second return, right? The fact that uh, these great awakenings were happening in the early 19th century didn't happen coincidence. It wasn't by coincidence that it was happening. These great experiences of the Holy Spirit happening 2,000 years later, there's great significance. And as these revivals came and came and came, though it may seem like a small number, there are these great, uh, these great um, communities maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And through these Holy Spirit, uh, these this fullness of the Holy Spirit, they're preparing for Jesus's return. It's happening the same thing as again. And so, look at the season that we are living upon. Don't just let life pass you by. God is pouring out His Spirit to a level that He's never poured out before, in order to what to prepare those who are going to prepare for His return. Amen. And so Simon was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was waiting for the what for the consolation of Israel, the comfort of Israel. What is the comfort of Israel? He's waiting for the Messiah. And so already in Israel. A thousand years have passed by since they've been spread out through the world, that they have been conquered by Gentiles. And so they were, they were waiting for the restoration of Israel, wasn't, weren't they? And so Simon, in that current, was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the Messiah, the Meshach, right? He had this true devoutness towards God. <clears throat> And so there were many people waiting for the Lord, waiting for the Messiah. And yet many of them were um, leaning towards various, uh, without balance, right? Some were waiting for like a political Messiah, right? Like a, like a political Messiah, right? For example, like the Maccabees, the Maccabeans, right? Looking for these people, trying to acknowledge these people as Messiah. For example, like this revolt that happened in, in, in BC around 150, I don't remember exactly the number, but, but um, the, this Maccabean revolt, right? Against Antiochus IV. And so, but, so there were many people who were, who were leaning towards various um, types of Messiah. But Simon, there were not many people like Simon who could see clearly the Messiah of God. Right? Looking for like some kind of like political victory. No, no. He was looking for the restoration of the holiness of Israel. He was looking for the restoration of Israel that in holiness could come before God again. And it's the same thing to us. Of course, through Millennial Kingdom, we will see victory. But it's not that victory that we are leaning for. What are we leaning for? We're leaning for not just, uh, oh, that I don't want to be on this earth any longer. No. What it is, is, is the perfection of our holiness. Right? That's what we are looking for. Don't 
the reason why you keep looking for consolation in other places is because you are not looking for holiness. If you are looking for holiness, you could not find consolation anywhere else, right? Living a holy life is not easy. And so that's why we need consolation of God. Why? Because it's not easy to live in that holiness. So Simon, as he's waiting for the Messiah, waiting for this holiness, he has this pressure, this pressure. This pressure should also apply to us. And so those who have this thirst, what does God give? He gives consolation. He gives comfort. Without his comfort, we could not live. If you have this thirst and all you are thirsting, then you would be parched dry, right? If you look at Psalms 119, what does it say? It says, how, does he yearn, how much does he yearn for the word of God? That his heart is torn asunder. And that's what happens if you do not receive comfort from God. If you are not consoled by God, if all you have is thirst, then your heart would be torn asunder, right? But this comfort of God, this comfort and this thirst comes together, goes hand in hand. And so he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He's not just simply waiting, but he has this thirst for holiness. And this thirst is rising up to its peak. And for this reason, He was waiting for his return, waiting for the Lord, waiting for the Messiah to perfect his holiness. And so God, what does God promise him? That wait a little longer because I will be there soon. I will be there soon. And this consolation came to Simon. And so what does he say? And the Holy Spirit was upon him. So again, talking about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, this was not the time of the indwelling Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit was upon him in the presence And so because he has this yearning for the Holy Spirit, because he has yearning for holiness, the Holy Spirit was upon him. So again, we, how much more we who have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us are unable to bring about that spirit? Does it make sense? Even Simon, who doesn't have the indwelling Holy Spirit, who doesn't have the fulfillment of that promise, who only has the promise itself, was able to have the presence of the Holy Spirit just by yearning. How much more you with the indwelling Holy Spirit? This Holy Spirit is the presence. It's presence. But what is more powerful than presence is the indwelling, the indwelling Holy Spirit. And so at all times, because we have the indwelling Holy Spirit, we can bring about that presence. We can bring about that presence. Now verse 26. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see the death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. How amazing, right? How amazing, yes? What? And so what should be your life's goal, right? There's many of you who just compromise, right? Compromise, right? Oh, let's make a lot of money. Let's study hard. And these kinds of things may be inside of you. These ambitions may be inside of you. But Simon doesn't have that goal. He only has one goal for his life. What it is? What is it? To see the Lord's Christ before he dies. That's his life's goal. And it shouldn't just apply to Simon, but to us as well, especially us as the remnant of God. We are living in an era where we can expect to see his joy. It's not simply not to die. That's not his goal is not to die. His goal is to see Christ. 
And if this was your life's goal, it would change your life, right? It would, it would shake your life. And so he has received this promise that you would not die, you would not see death before you had seen the Lord's Christ. And so, what kind of life would he live if he has, if he received this promise in faith, right? Would he try to jump off tall buildings to test it? No. There are two perspectives to this. First is, as we said earlier, is the is the um, is the uh, is the is the necessity to maintain holiness, right? For example, if you were to meet the president of this country tomorrow, would you just show up? No, you would prepare yourself, and so he has this responsibility of holiness. And so that's the life that you should live as well. You are not just, a remnant life isn't just living life as life comes by. No, you have this, uh, you have this um, um, responsibility of holiness, right? And so in some respects, this is more difficult than martyrdom. And so... This pressure that comes from this faith shouldn't be small. And that's why, as I said earlier, that's why you need consolation. You need this comfort. It's not, it's not, oh, God says, I will not die. And so, you know, you touch, you, you grab a hold of a working electric, electric line. You do not jump off of a building. No, that's not what it's about. It's, it's about this responsibility of, of holiness, right? Because, because you are going to meet with him. this duty of holiness. Think about our Lord Jesus Christ, right? He is our Savior. And in order to be our Savior, He had to what? Be without sin. So think about that pressure, right? Think about that pressure, that duty to be holiness. You shouldn't think to yourself, ah, because he's Jesus, he could handle it. No, he came just as man as you. That's why it says in Hebrews that he offered up cries, loud cries to God, to the one that could deliver him. And so he was, and so he was saved. He was saved out of his reverent obedience, right? It's the same thing to us. Now, of course, we pray out of thanksgiving, but not all every day is the same prayer. No, another motivation to prayer is that we have this duty of spirit, right? We have this duty, right? That if I do not lift up this prayer today, then as, for example, for me, as, as a head pastor, right? I need to, I have this duty, right? And so that's why I pray. And so when you live by the Holy Spirit, you have this and so, look, I don't want to use this word duty, it's, it's, but, but there's no better word. This, this duty for holiness, this duty, this responsibility. There's not good words to use, but, but, but there is this feeling, right? And it doesn't just apply to Simon, but this pressure should also come to us, this, this responsibility. It's not just living life however life comes, right? Just enjoying life, no. That if you are led by the Holy Spirit, that's not how you would live. And so, as you hear this sermon, 
Don't think of Simon as some amazing being. No, rather that ah, the Holy Spirit's presence could leave you this way. And how much more if we have the indwelling Holy Spirit? We need to acknowledge that this is natural, that this is automatic. And that's how much we need to acknowledge that, that this is automatic. But because the church has been so corrupted for the past 2,000 years, that, that the devil made it seem as if that this person is some special person, is some special person. No, 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 no. Look at Acts. Acts is evidence that this is normal. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then it's so ordinary to live this way. If not, then why would the why would God entrust His Holy Spirit in you? And so, what we need to see, what we need to see is how much we are not living by the Holy Spirit. How much we just simply keep the Holy Spirit confined to a little compartment in my heart. No, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to continue, to take over. Think about how much He reveals. Think about how much He speaks to you. How much He pours out to you. But it's because you keep trying to live by your thoughts. That's why it's so difficult. It's because you keep living by your experience. That's why it's so difficult. Our God is a living God. He is alive and moving, right? And so when we believe in what He has given us, when we believe in the power and the authority that He has given us, then my prayer would respond to that must respond to that and he will respond to that prayer and it doesn't take time no his prayer his answer is instantaneous and the fact that it's not happening means that either he is not living god or what what that you are not living by faith and so this church treats this ordinary christian life as some kind of superhuman being no we need to reclaim this ordinariness. Amen? Through what? Through what? Only one key. One key. Fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's all it is. Maintenance of the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Right? Revealed. Right. The Holy Spirit led him. So, of course, he was waiting for the Messiah. But look, logically speaking, how is it easy to receive this word that he would not see death before he has seen the Lord's Christ? I mean, think about it. He, I, he probably received this promise decades ago, and yet he never let go of this promise. So what does this mean? This means that he has main, maintained his faith. Why? Because he was maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so many people lose this lose for this reason that they lose sight of the promise. They let go of that promise after a year of praying, after a month of praying, after a few days of prayer, they let go of that promise. But look, why was he able to hold on to that promise? Because he maintained the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so the fact that it was revealed to him, this reveal isn't just a moment. No, ever since he received that promise, he maintains that revelation, maintains that word. And so that's why this amazing thing happened to Simon. And so 
so the fullness of the Holy Spirit and maintaining faith is again two sides of the same coin why do, are you unable to hold on to your promises that God has given you? It's because you do not maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because you may, cannot maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you look to the world. So listen carefully, brothers. Our faith life needs to reclaim this original, original faith. All this deception that has come through the great prostitute, we need to cut it down and reclaim this ordinary faith life. Amen? Up until now, we have simply spoken simply words into the air that we are the remnant. We have simply spoken words into the air that we are maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Right? We have said that we are the remnant and yet constantly looking to the world, constantly being deceived by the world. Constantly being deceived, then how can we have faith, right? And so now, let us be vigilant, brothers. Let us be awake. Be alert and awake. Because the time that is coming upon us, no longer can we maintain this without the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We must be that generation that can proclaim victory over the world. Amen? And so as you look at your life, you should see, ah, the warning signs. You should see the warning signs. And by seeing those warning signs, repent. Because if you have the assurance of salvation, you would not tolerate this. You would not live this way. If you are maintaining fullness of the Holy Spirit and you have the kingdom of heaven and you're preparing for his return, would you live for yourself? Would you live for your own desires? No, that would be impossible. And so this season is upon us, brothers. Amen. And so let's continue. And so, uh, and, and he came in the spirit into the temple. And so again, what does it mean to be fullness of the Holy Spirit? That you are walking by the spirit. What does it mean by walking by the spirit? That you have nothing that goes against the Holy Spirit, right? And then being led by the Holy Spirit. What is that? That, that you lead by the revelation of the Holy Spirit and being in step with the Holy Spirit, being sensitive to that Holy Spirit. And so in all cases, in all things, you will not understand everything. You do not need to understand everything. But when you are maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will lead you naturally. Oh, go here. Do this. He will lead you. And so the important thing is that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, His faith will lead you. His impulses will lead you. And you will be, you will be able to respond. And so the answer... The answer is what? Is fullness of the Holy Spirit. And by the, and he came in the Spirit into the temple. And so to a saint, there is no such thing as coincidence. Right? There cannot be coincidence because God knows even when a single hair falls from your head. How much more a child of God? A child of God, would God just leave them to just live of their own devices? No. There is no coincidence. There is no coincidence. Why is your life filled with so much wickedness? Why is your life filled with so much hardship? It's because you are not living by the Holy Spirit. It's because you are constantly missing the mark of God's holiness. And so he came into the Spirit, into the temple. And, and so look, this is God's scenario. God has prepared everything. And when the parents brought in... The, brought into the temple, uh, brought in the child Jesus. 
And so see, look, when we do not live by the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we lose so much glory throughout our daily lives. why we want to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit but even in the perspective of just blessing think about this glory that God wants to give this is this is in itself should be a motivation to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit right? because when we live by the Holy Spirit he leads us to meet with people that we need to meet <coughs> excuse me I'm sorry <laughs> very sorry. Excuse me. And so, if Mary was not filled with the Holy Spirit, then she doesn't know what she's doing, but because she's led by the Holy Spirit, she breaks the alabaster jar, perfume before Jesus Christ, anointing him before his death. Right? But it's because she was led by the Holy Spirit that she was able to do all that and be blessed. And so, it is those who are filled with the Holy Spirit that does not lose sight of that. And so, look, in this worship, God may have given inspiration to do this offering, but, oh, it's okay, next year, there's always next year. And, and, and because, oh, I can't afford it, oh, there's always next year. So in this way, we are losing that glory. We're losing that glory that God is, is leading you in. And so... We should not lose that, because if we lose that, we suffer greater loss than you'll understand. And so through these kinds of process, your perfection is being made. Look at Daniel, right? Daniel chose not to eat the meat, and beginning in that step, the Holy Spirit continued to lead him, lead him, lead him, to the point where in his old age, he could have the victory in the lion's den. Amen? And so... And so if you do not have growth in your spiritual life, then from this perspective, what does that mean? It means that you have not been following after the Holy Spirit. That's why 20, 30 years, even though you are in the same church, you are not growing. In other sense, if you are obeying, then you can grow into a great, great man of faith, right? And so, wherever you go, I keep waiting for God's uh, inspiration. And that's why wherever I go, right, oh, give, leave your watch here. Give your watch someone to, to here. Uh, give this kind of offering. And so for the past, for the past, uh, for the 10 years, first 10 years that I met with God, I did everything, right? Even my wedding, wedding ring, everything. I, 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 I offered it all up whenever God inspired because I was ready and willing to give up whenever God led. And what did that do? It led me to this point. It led me to this point where, where I never have to worry about anything in my life, that I do not allow any of those worries to take the energy from my life. 
And so living in the Holy Spirit leads you in this way. And so the maturity of your faith is by receiving this uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit, living by that inspiration. And so I say to my children, right now is time for you to give to God. The more you give to God, the more God will pay you back in your life. He will take responsibility. Give your time, give your money, give everything. It's time for you to give to God. Yes. And you will see how much God repays you at the end of your life. Amen. And so this is really important. I'm telling you the basic principle of blessing in your faith life. Do not cast it aside. Amen. So verse 28. And he took him up in his arms. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said. And so as I said earlier. He's not just simply carrying a baby and being like, oh, what a good looking baby. No. Think about this state, right? Think about this situation. The moment he took up this baby in his arm, the glory that came over him, that, that joy that came over him, it's not something that you can express with words, right? And so that's why the moment he takes up in his arms, he blesses God and a prophecy comes up. A prophecy just bursts forth from within him. And this is the joy that you should have when you meet with God. Of course, we are not taking him up in our arms in the flesh. But we say we see that glory, right? We see his glory. And so this joy that's overtaking Simon... I mean, maybe you cannot imagine it because this glory that came as he took up this baby in his arm, right? The moment he took up this baby, prophecy burst forth from in, within him, right? This, this, this Simon who has been waiting all his life for the fulfillment of this promise, he is enjoying this privilege that is unique to him, right? Right, for example, there's many people like this in the Bible, right? For example, like uh, uh, John the Baptist. And when I first became a pastor, it was an inspiration for me to lay my hands on people. But when I laid my hands on my father and on my father-in-law, this was a special, special thing, right? And so we need to feel this joy, amen, that, that this isn't a small thing, that, that he takes up his, take him up in his arms and blesses God, right? Praises God. And so we do not let this joy die within you. This joy that came upon Simon when he met with Jesus Christ. We need to always have this joy meeting with God, always having this meet joy when we meet with God. If we do not have that joy, then be warned. That means you are living by legalism. You are living by religion. Because even if you meet with him for every moment of, of, of the millennial kingdom, that joy will never fade. In fact, it'll get stronger and stronger. And so that joy continually flows to you. His holiness continually grows inside of you. And so when you are unable to do so, it means that you are being hardened. 
And so for those of you like me who have been living in faith for more than 30 years, be careful, be warned, because ah, it's natural for you to think that oh, it's because of time passing by that this joy has faded. But no, that should not be the case. And so verse 29, what does he say? That when he blesses God, this blessing is a blessing of prophecy and a prophetic blessing. <clears throat> what does he say? Lord, now... Now, this word comes out first in the Greek. Now, what does this mean? That a new, uh, new work on another dimension is beginning. That we have entered into a new dimension. Now, and so even the world of God's blessing in, in Israel during the Old Testament was amazing but now a new dimension a new dimension right what that we are a new creation the Holy Spirit dwells within us as it says in Hebrews that he becomes our high priest he becomes our king and he reigns over us directly reigns over us amen and so when he comes uh, the dimension changes right every time he comes right his first his first incarnation changed the world. And again, when he comes again, it's going to change. When the millennial kingdom comes, the spiritual and the physical will come together. The, what is glory and what is not glory will be evident to our eyes, right? A new dimension, a new dimension will be open to us. And so when he says now, this now is saying that, that through this birth of Jesus Christ, through this birth of the Jesus that the world is changing. That's what Simon is saying. That ever that once he finishes his work on the cross, that all man needs to live by him. If you do not live by him, that you cannot live. That life comes through him. And it's because you do not acknowledge that, that the world lives by their own thoughts, live by their own standards. But no, life is in him. Amen? And so now, now, what? He has brought this perfection to live by him. And so we can live by him. Amen. And it's because you keep living by the flesh that you are unable to see this. Because you live by the flesh. You live by your thoughts. You do not understand what it means to live by Jesus, living by the grace that he has given. You need to be able to see those things. That is fullness of the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it will automatically fill you. But because you keep living by the thoughts that you have, stop trying to find methods in your own ways. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then ah, this is what Jesus Christ has done. And what Jesus Christ has done, I can live by him and my life is in him. This must be clearly evident to you. If not, you're going to continue to live by the methods of this world. And so this is the great danger that is before you. You become frog stew. you dying slowly, 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 like a frog being slowly boiled in water. This isn't about choice. It's not optional. It's not multiple choice in life. No, there is only one way. And so now,
Now, Lord, this word Lord is not the word Kyrios, but the word Despotus. This is a, a word using, used to show position. Not that, ah, oh, he's just king, but rather from my perspective, he is my Lord, right? It's not just, ah, oh, he is a Lord, he is the Lord. No, but rather, he is my Lord. And that's why, that's what this word is, is using this word Lord, is acknowledging his servanthood and his masterhood. And so when we cry out, Lord, brothers, are you acknowledging his lordship? Then your lifestyle would change. But many times you are Lord, and yet you call him Lord, and it has no meaning. And so when he says Lord here, Simon could not be the Lord. He is not Lord of himself. That is his confession here. But many times you are Lord of your own lives, but in, in, in face value, you call him Lord. But this word Lord means that this word that he's using here is saying that he is my Lord. And of course, you, can see, he, you could use the word curios here. But instead of using the word curios, he uses the word despotes. Again, acknowledging his lordship, acknowledging his masterhood. And so, Lord... Now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. And as I said earlier, that he would not see death before he sees the Lord Christ. And so this uh, holiness, this pressure of holiness came upon Simon. And so this holy, this pressure was weighing down. Now, of course, he had this comfort and consolation. But either way, he had this pressure, this pressure the spiritual pressure and this responsibility of this duty that he's going to see the Christ. And so there's a maintenance of holiness, right? And this life was not easy. It's burdensome, right? Because we have the flesh, we have limitations. And so, and so look, he's not saying that, oh, he wants to hurry up and die because he's tired, he's weary. No, but he does still want to taste that freedom from that responsibility, right? And so, and same thing to you, in your spiritual reality, as you yearn for holiness, yearn for purity, continually yearn to live in God, then inside of you, your spirit gets exhausted, gets weary. And because the Holy Spirit acknowledges that, there are moments of consolation. There is moments of comfort, right? And so this is the balance that should be in your life. Consolation, yearning. Consolation, yearning. And so this needs to go back and forth. You And as this goes back and forth, it lets you grow up. And there are sometimes these cases, right? That as you grow, that there will be cases where the spiritual state, even though you didn't do something wicked, that his presence is dark in you. It's because he's leading you to a new level, right? A new level. And so this state, this state of thirst, thirst and hunger, this thirst and hunger goes to weariness, and then he comforts. And so he always gives these two things, right? And so because this consolation comes, what does he say? You are letting your servant depart in peace. That he is ready to die now. 
And so most ministers, most ministers, when you look at their faith, that there are not that many people who are used more than 30 years because it's not easy to maintain that holiness, that pressure, right? Look at the Old Testament. Priests retire at 50 years old, right? Look at Leviticus, the law. <coughs> we may think, why do they retire so early? But for 50 years being before the glory of the presence of God, think about that pressure. Think about that, that hardship, right? And so it should be natural for you to feel that same pressure if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just simply living life however, willy-nilly. No, but, and so that's why they retire at 50. And so look at prophets, the prophets. Who are the great prophets? Think about Isaiah, right? For 60 years, that's why his greatness comes from that, right? That the Old Testament looks at him amazing. Right. Look at who's 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 the weakest. Right. Amos. Right. After a few years, only a few years. And so if you do not maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you do not know this pressure regarding holiness. If you're just simply living a religious life. No, that's not the that's not what this is talking about. It's fullness of the Holy Spirit that this pressure, this responsibility to holiness comes upon you. And so. The Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. And so even though we all have the same eyes created by God, his eyes are blessed, right? And it's the same thing to you. Your eyes have been created by God. It's blessed. But if you're constantly looking at dirty things, constantly looking at your cell phone, that's not what your eyes are meant for. What are your eyes meant for is to see the light that comes from the glory of his face that gives you the knowledge of God. That's the glory that we should see. That's what you should keep looking at. Amen. Not, don't just look at your cell phones. And so verse 31 Right, we did verse 30. For my eyes have seen your salvation, 31, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. And so earlier he says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. But the moment he takes up his arm in arms, the scale of his prophecy changes. He didn't just say consolation of Israel, not just Israel, but in the presence of all peoples. That he is for all peoples a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people. Is oh, He hasn't actually said that verse just yet. But anyways, there's great significance here spiritually. The more deeper you meet with God, the larger the, your spiritual scale grows. Why is your faith life still the same after decades? It's because you are not meeting with God. You are not getting closer to God. The more closer you get to God, the more that scale grows and grows and grows. It's because you keep living self-centered. That's why God is simply what? A teraphim, right? Simply a household God. There's many of you who simply have this teraphim thinking that all you pray for is the blessing of your family. Your family, your family, you, 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 you. you should, your scale should be continuing growing for your people, for your nation, for the world. But yet your God is simply just a teraphim. Why? Because you are not meeting with him in depth, in width. 
right? The consolation of Israel is what he was waiting for. But the moment he takes up in his arms, the moment he meets with him, what does his, it, the scale grows to what? For all peoples, of all peoples. So let us meet with God deeply. Amen. And so in verse 32, he, he, he expands on what he said in verse 31, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. Why is it a light for revelation? Because the Gentiles doesn't know God yet, right? They are in darkness. That's why he says a light for revelation. Through his coming, the Gentiles were able to see that light. Amen. And then in the same respect, he says, and for glory to your people, uh, Israel, because Israel has seen that revelation. They know that revelation, but they have yet to see that glory. And that revelation goes through that glory. And so Jesus Christ alone is this special Glory is a special revelation. Through him, the Gentiles cannot see that light. And through, uh, without him, the Gentiles cannot see that light. And without him, Israel cannot see glory. Amen? And so, you may think, what's so special about meeting with God? It's special, isn't it? Why is this world growing in darkness? Why is this world dying in darkness? It's because they fail to see God. How many people in this world do you think see him meet with him this is a great privilege isn't it and so as i always say you know you need to meet with god properly meeting with god properly is a great privilege and this revelation of God, this path to revelation of God has been opened through him. Amen. So we need to meet with him. We need to receive him and we need to um, be broken down before him. Amen. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the greatness of life. Do not think that there is any other path to greatness. That there is any other path to goodness. Okay, and so we're almost finished. How amazing, right? Almost finished. Verse 33. Finishing today early is blessing, right? And so let's hurry up and finish. Verse 33. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. Why is they marveling? Because not just Joseph, but Mary, right? Only Mary knew who he was. Joseph probably didn't know just yet how he... How she was, because she received the word, and yet Simon prophesies, and because he prophesies this, Mary marvels. And so, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you come to know these secrets. You come to know the secret things of God. Amen. And so, let's continue. Verse 34 And Simon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother. And so, even though Joseph was there, he prophesies to Mary, his mother. Why does he prophesy to Mary? What does he say to Mary? He says, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And so, through Jesus Christ come on this earth, he becomes a, a signpost, right? That there are two directions for mankind 
through Jesus Christ, either through salvation or destruction. That's it. It's not, it doesn't matter whether you have money, whether you're beauty. It doesn't matter. That's not what the Bible is concerned with. Are you saved or are you headed to destruction? It's the same thing to you. God does not th- require anything else of you. He doesn't care whether you are good looking, whether you have lots of money, whether you are smart. He doesn't care. What he cares about is are you receiving salvation or are you heading towards destruction? And so what is today's category? The the fall or rising. If you receive Jesus, you will rise. rise. If you reject him, you will fall. And so what do we I always say Christians are what? Victorious. Why? Because we're receiving Christ. And so this absolute standard of the Bible is what is, are you receiving him or not? If you receive him, you will rise. If you do not, you will fall. That's, so that's all that matters. Your victory isn't about whether you are pretty or not. That's not the category in the Bible, right? Look at how fair the Bible is. Look at how fair the Bible is. It doesn't matter if you're tall or short. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Do you have Christ or not? If you have him, you have everything. If you don't have him, you have nothing. Even when I met with God first, remember, I'm someone who knows other religions really well. And they're very complicated. So many conditions. But when I looked at the Bible... The greatness that I saw in the Bible is that, wow, this is simple. It's simple. It fits in my head. It's simple. All I have to do is meet with him. That's all I have to do. That was the conclusion that I came to as I saw the Bible. And as I was reading the Bible, uh, the various books in this pastor's office, that's the, that's the conclusion that I came to. As wow, this is easy. It's simple. It doesn't demand anything of me. All I have to do is meet with him. And so why, I don't understand why you cannot meet with this. I think it's because you guys are too smart. Really, living with Christ is easy. It's simple. Just all you need is Him. You do not need anything else. And as I say all the time, what makes your life difficult is not because you lack something. It's because you have so many things outside of Jesus. And then so you comfort yourself, right? That, oh, this this is good looking enough. Ah, this is rich enough. Ah, this is prosperous enough. Ah, this is smart enough. Ah, this is successful enough. It's these things that are actually causing you to suffer. So look, uh, this child is appointed for what? For the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. Why is he a sign for that is opposed? It's easy. Because through our reception of Jesus Christ, how? When we realize that I have no hope, He is my only hope, that I cannot live by my own righteousness. And we need to acknowledge that. And if you do not acknowledge that, then what happens? 
then, then they will persecute him, right? That's why they are opposed. It doesn't just end with unbelief. You are opposing him. You are opposing him. This is the principle of things. So we need to meet with him. We need to welcome him. And, under, and when we understand that he is a sign for that is opposed, when you recognize that, then you will not live concerned with the world, concerned with the opinions of this world. Why? Because this world is going to persecute you, is going to oppose you, right? Will cast you aside. It's because you are not receiving this true light. That's why you can tolerate the world. But if you receive that true light, the darkness will be opposed against you. And so it's so obvious that Christian life should not go hand in hand with this world. That's why glory goes hand in hand with suffering, right? Goes hand in hand with persecution. And then verse 35, and the sword will pierce through your own soul also. And so it's saying to Mary, right, that Mary's heart will have this hurt of being pierced with sword. Why? Because, because Jesus is going to be a sign for that is opposed. Right? Of course, as a mother, you want your son to be praised by the world, right? But think about it. Let's say that your son is always being cursed by this world. Would you be happy? That's what he's saying to Mary. That because of Jesus, you are going to suffer, right? And so look, what am I trying to say, brothers, is do not be so concerned by the acknowledgement of this world. That is humanism, right? Trying to be acknowledged by people, trying to be praised by people. And so examine yourself. Those of you who are always concerned about what people think rather than thinking about what God is thinking. Is God pleased? Oh, what is that person going to say? Oh, is this person going to be okay with this? Is that person going to dislike this? Is that person going to think this? Oh, what should I do? What should I do? These kinds of people, you need to first confirm your salvation. Because if this salvation life is inside of you, you are not going to be concerned with people first. Remember, as I said in Hatton's wedding, my life should be concerned with God, right? That is the first thing that should be concerned. Christian life is not about being acknowledged and praised by people. This is not the principal thing of things. What is the world? The world wants everyone to like you. And so it's not about, it's not about your vertical relationship with God, but your horizontal relationship with other people. And with this kind of outlook, you cannot receive God. The world may think of you, this person, as a nice person, but before God, that is a failure. What should come first is God, not people. What does Paul say? In 1 Thessalonians 2.4, what does he say? That God has entrusted me with this gospel. And this is not to please men, but to please God, right? 
the reason why God has given us this word is not to please men, but to please God. It's the same thing. God's grace is given to you to what? To please God. God must be pleased first. That will bless your life. And so if you're constantly concerned with people, looking at people, trying to please people, this is humanism. And so he came as a sign for, that is opposed to the people. And so Mary's heart will be pierced as well. Right? She even sees Christ on the cross. And what else does he say? So that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And so, and so why is her heart being pierced? And why, are those, why is this a sign for those opposed? It's not because he does bad things. But it's so that the thoughts of the hearts of man may be revealed. And so... You, this, you should be disliked by the people of the world. I mean, I'm not saying everyone should hate you. No, but... And it's not because of what you do, not because of what you say, but because light comes from within you. Because light shines out of you, the darkness will not receive you. And this is the danger of immorality, right? What is immorality? Immorality is all about trying to... Uh, make relationships be important, but that actually breaks relationships down, right? And so we're almost finished, right? We're finished. And so, within us, this heart needs to be revealed. As this light comes inside of us, flesh needs to be revealed, darkness needs to be revealed. And so, like Simon, brothers, today, we talked about many things, but the answer is what? Is maintenance of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. This is the only way of life. Amen? Now, of course, being filled with the Holy Spirit is happiness. But more important than happiness, more important than joy, is being sensitive to that Holy Spirit. Being sensitive against sin. This is evidence that you are living by the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so, above all else, brothers, in this church, we need to live the life that is natural according to what the Bible says. And when you live this life, the world will accuse you of what? Will accuse you of fanaticism. Will accuse you of being crazy. We can see that throughout 2,000 years of church history, that anyone who has lived by the Bible, has been called fanatics by the world. So what can we see? We can see... Sorry, one moment. And so, we need to respond to what the Holy Spirit says and see that through our, eye, through our sight, through our hearing, through our feeling, through our taste, wickedness is continually trying to enter into us. And you will see that when you, are when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's why you repent. And because of repentance, you're able to reject these things. So what is fullness of the Holy Spirit? Is that the moment the Holy Spirit enters into you, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And yet, why are you unable to live by that? Because as I said, 
because you keep receiving wickedness, because you keep listening to wickedness, because you keep tolerating these things, you are cutting down and oppressing the Holy Spirit within you. The moment you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's how you should live your life every day. We should be full with the Holy Spirit every day. But why are we unable to? Because we keep failing in righteousness when we receive iniquity, in receive pollution, receive filth, especially to the youth of this of this day and age. And the whole in the in the cell phone. This cell phone is relative light that blots out the true light within you. And so let us cleanse ourselves of all this Babylon. Amen. And believe that God is within you and he's preparing you, preparing you and he is coming. Do not doubt that he is coming. And so if we have that faith, we will prepare ourselves, prepare ourselves. Amen. Prepare ourselves to meet with him in purity and holiness. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, as 2022 is coming to a close throughout this year, Lord, we have done well, we have done wrong. But all of these things may be covered by your blood and let us uh, run towards 2023. And as this new year, this glorious new year comes upon us, let us prepare for that coming of that new year in vigilance and in prayer. Understanding the fullness of the Holy Spirit is ordinary. And so bless this church, that it would be a blessed church that is filled with saints who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Help us to acknowledge that this privilege is truly a blessing. And that, Lord, that your glory would not be lost here, but your promise, your blessing would come upon this place. And, Lord... May we avail all of these things and every single church member receive this in faith that when we stand before you in, the, in, in your kingdom, that we would all stand before you in purity and holiness as we pray for this, um, as we pray for this, um, this word today, this sermon today, Lord. May all the bindings, all the tethers of wickedness and iniquity, all these roots be completely cut and cleansed today. Lord, grant us the fullness of the Holy Spirit today. Let us pray all together. Father, be present in this place. Lord, as Simon carried you in his arms, may that glory come upon this community today, that they would be filled with that same joy and glory, that all of our hardness would be melted, that all the uh, raised things would be brought low and all the things that have been brought low would be raised up. Come upon us, Lord. Anoint this place. More fullness, Lord. That we would be more 
more sensitive to you, Lord, that we would be more sensitive to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that we would move where you lead us, that we would speak when you move us, that all of our bindings, all of our hardships would be completely erased at this time before you. May we maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. May all the humanism within this community be completely blotted out. Pour it out, Lord. Pour it out. In 2023, may the great revival come upon us. May great revival come upon us, removing all the hooks of Babylon. Legalism, all the structures of the world will be removed from within this community. Be alert in your prayer. Be filled in the Holy Spirit. Be confirmed in righteousness. Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, Lord. More anointing, Lord. Oh, Lord, pour it out. Amen. As, uh, so all the Israel RT team, please stand up. Let's pray for them before we send them off. And so may all the adults go to them. Go to them and lay your hands upon them. And so move around, move around. Lay your hands. Pastors, move around. Lay your hands. That the community would send them out. Okay, not just one person per child, but many child, many people, many people come. We need more people on that side. African brothers and sisters, your anointing is needed as well. Sends these children, sends these teachers to Israel. May the anointing of this community come upon them, give them wisdom, give them power, that as they go around Israel, that your spirit would lead them and pour out from them. Pour more out, O oh Lord. More anointing, God. Bless this team. May they be filled with your presence. May they be filled with wisdom. May they be filled with faith. That they would be holy before you. And that in that holiness as they go out, that your fullness would pour out from them. More anointing, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. May they be purified. May they be sanctified. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Also, Kwangju is here for the first time in a while, and so let's pray for them. Pray for them as well. And so lay your hands upon all the, all the saints from Kwangju, that your anointing would come over them like a waterfall. So let's pray for Kwangju. Kwangju, we bless the temple in Kwangju. Upon pastor, his wife, his four children, and the three families that are there, that Lord, this community, that the anointing of this community would continue to pour forth like a waterfall upon them. Let's pray all together. Lord, work amongst them. Lord, bless the, uh, the branch in Gwangju. Bless them, bless them. May they be sanctified. May they be filled in power and authority. Renew them, Lord. May your amazing works begin in them. More, Lord. More, Lord. More powerfully, O oh God. Amen. Amen. Okay, and RT and Kwangju, let us give them uh, let us give them a round of applause. And uh, thank you for the offering for Israel because they have been filled with the with the finances. And remember that. Uh, team is always going together. It's always in the church, right? The church is going together with the team. When Europe went, they were uh, abundant. And in Israel, they are also abundant. And so, Lord, when they come back, they'll be revolutionized. Amen? This week, as we close 2023, be more vigilant in your prayers. Amen. Be alert. Because, because a new blue sky doesn't just come out of nowhere. But let us um, clean up 2022 and come back and, and face 2023 in a new way. And if by any chance you have any um, enmity, any strife, Amongst your brothers, before the new year comes, please, please, I beg of you to, to be reconciled to your brother. To have a meal together and be reconciled to your brother. Okay, I know that many of you have this strife. And so please, I beg of you, loosen it. So that when we make cell groups that... That we can just put anyone in anywhere. That's the relationship that we need to have amongst one another. And so, please, in 2023, we want all this wickedness within us to be revealed and be loosened. And understand that, ah, oh, what Pastor has described is, is true. That the fullness of the Holy Spirit is like this. And so maintenance of the fullness of the Holy Spirit is important. That if we are not, do not have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, that, that it would be torture. 
And so, because it's torture, you do not just tolerate it. And so, if you do not pray, it should be torture to you. And so, it's not all pray. Rather, if I don't pray, I cannot survive. That's what needs to happen. And so, there needs to be no obstruction in your relationship to God. That glory is upon us right now. Truly. And so, don't extend this time. Because the more we extend this time, the more difficult it is. And so in 2023, that we would all show signs of entering into that glorification. That truly, this Yobang church is a remnant church. That God would seal us, right? Would seal us, like it says in Revelation 7. That this is the time for the remnant to be sealed. And so, that every single one of us would be sealed as the remnant in 2023. Amen? I bless you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that, that this is the last Sunday of 2022. And on this Christmas day, Lord, we want to recommit ourselves to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Lord, bless the RT team. Bless them with your presence. That through, Israel, that through them, that Israel would be renewed. That they would be renewed. That though there is much hardship in Israel right now, through these children, that all these hardships would come unraveled. And now, throughout this week, as these saints um, wrap up this life, and, and or wrap up, not this life, this year, sorry, wrap up this year, and go towards that blessing, that, that they would not just let this time pass by, but that they would hold on to the grace that you have given them, and be like Simon, led by the Holy Spirit. Lord, bless this offering, receive it, and be pleased with it this last offering of 2022 and bless them, bless them and bless them that every member of this community would continually be a saint that can give and give and give more. And so Lord, that as these many conferences are opening up before us in 2023, may they be able to uh, uphold it materially. May bless them, bless them Lord and bless them more. And bless also this community continually that we would grow to be able to receive that 10 million that, that you have prepared for the new temple. And so, Lord, be pleased with this offering. Be blessed with this offering. And now, by grace of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and through the holy love of the Father, and the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit, to the saints who commit themselves to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit upon their children, upon their business, upon their workplace, upon this people in this country, upon Zoe ministry and all over the world and upon Yorban church. May this blessing rest now and forevermore.